Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Welcome to the Heart of Dating podcast. Hey, it's Kate. I'm so glad you could join us this week as we try to untangle the ever so ambiguous world of dating as a Christian. Over here on Heart of Dating, we get real as we answer some tough questions and uncover transformative ways to approach Christian dating. Oh, and you better believe we have some laughs along the way, because last time I checked, the struggle is hashtag real. You know what I'm saying? Now, let's get to the heart of the matter. Why, hello there, everyone. Okay, y'all. So we are just about to kick off season seven of the Heart of Dating podcast. But to round out our series on mental health, I actually wanted to share with you an episode that I did with one of my very good friends, Deb Faleda, on the topic of depression and anxiety and how you do that in the midst of dating. Deb just came out with another book, Are You Really Okay? And I have to admit, you guys, I didn't even know how much I actually needed this book. As I was reading it and prepping for today's interview, I actually realized that the words written were not just things for me to pull from for this interview today, but they were words and practical advice that I needed specifically right now in the season that I'm in. Needless to say, Are You Really Okay? Deb's new book really touched me immensely and it was exactly what I personally needed to hear. It was even a catalyst for me to uncover that in this specific season, I've personally been struggling with not only anxiety, which is pretty common for me, but also for the first time, depression. So today, Deb and I talk about how to spot anxiety and depression and why it's so important to recognize these signs and symptoms and get help. We also talk about how to prioritize your mental health and why people in ministry are so often the ones to get burnt out, even though they are doing incredible work for other people. We also talk about what it looks like to date with anxiety and depression. And then we did something I've never done before. After our interview, we did a live therapy check-in. Deb sat in her counselor seat and I sat in the seat of someone dealing with anxiety and depression. And she helped me unearth so many things that I didn't even know about myself. So I want to make sure that you stay tuned for this bonus episode that is incredibly vulnerable on my end. Not going to lie, I feel a little bit nervous releasing this live therapy for all of you to hear. But at the same time, I know it's powerful and impactful. And I pray that it helps you and makes you feel seen if you are struggling with anxiety and depression. Deborah Faleda is a licensed professional counselor, relationship expert, national speaker, and the author of True Love Dates, Choosing Marriage, Love in Every Season, and now, Are You Really Okay? Deb is also the creator of the popular relationship advice blog, truelovedates.com, as well as the love and relationship podcast leader, reaching millions of people with the message of healthy relationships. You may also recognize her voice from her 200 plus articles published across the internet. 
You can connect with her on Facebook or Instagram or get her brand new book, Are You Really Okay? by going to wherever books are sold. But hey, Amazon Prime it to your door, y'all. It is such a good read. I really think that this conversation today will really bless you and meet you where you are. Also, because this is so important and it's a tool that Deb even brings up in our conversation today, I want to stress the importance of getting the help that you need. Therapy is eye-opening and I believe it's essential. Think about it this way. If you had a broken arm, you'd go to the ER and see a doctor, right? Like not even a question. You would get in your car and go to the ER and have that checked out immediately. But if something is broken with us emotionally, we do not treat it the same. We put it off, we put it off, we think that we can do it ourselves. And in time, things just keep building up and building up and building up until eventually we explode. You have probably heard me talking about faithful counseling before. And guys, that's because it's amazing. And we have also gotten such great feedback from hundreds of you guys who currently use the service. It's an affordable option for a virtual Christian therapist. And for Heart of Dating listeners, you can get a 10% discount on your first month when you sign up through Heart of Dating by going to getfaithful.com forward slash heart of dating. Hundreds of people in our Heart of Dating community have tried faithful counseling and love it. And I think that you should too. All right, let's get into part one of our conversation today with Deborah Faleda about dating with depression and anxiety. Oh my goodness, we have Deb Faleda on the podcast today. Hey, my friend, how are you? Hey, it's always good to be with you. (laughs) I'm so excited to have you back on the podcast. And the best thing is that we connected through the podcast, I don't know, about two years ago, a year and a half. I don't know, Deb, how long has it been? Do you know? It's all a blur thanks to 2020, but I think it was before 2020, that's for sure. Oh, for sure, before 2020. It's been definitely over a year, maybe closer to two. Yeah. Well, it's just been really fun to be able to kind of connect through the podcast and then become friends and support what one another is doing. I I released my first book back in February that you so kindly endorsed for thank you for rejecting me and which was such a gift. Thank you for doing that. Of course. And now here we are talking about your brand new book, which this isn't your first rodeo either. You have amazing (laughs) books out there, but I love the book that we're talking about today. And so I want you to just share a little bit about, to start us off, why you wrote this book. I, I really think that too, that it's a really vulnerable book for you. So I want to thank you for writing it. (laughs) Well, thank you. You know, I think this book came out of two different ways. The first motivation was really the clients that I was seeing. And especially over the past two years, I mean, even before 2020, um, just amazing Christian people who are not doing well emotionally and mentally. And it just goes to show you like sometimes just focusing on our spiritual health isn't the solution because there's so many other components to our health that get neglected along the way. And so I'm seeing all these patients and clients and seeing like this is a huge thing that nobody's talking about in the (laughs) big C church, you know? Yes. Yeah. We just slap this next scripture on it and we're like, and take your thoughts captive, make them obedient to Christ and move along. And it's like, but how do we do that? You know? Exactly. (laughs) And there's there's so many, there's so many deeper roots that we're not really getting to the bottom of. So I was seeing that as a counselor. And then I walked through my own 
hardships. You know, I, I've always struggled with depression on and off um, and, and very much hormonally related has kind of been the theme for me. Hormones plus just life stress um, kind of end up in a perfect storm. Yeah. Most of the time it's been postpartum depression. Sometimes it's been, you know, in seasons of taking like the birth control pill or be in pregnancy. So I've had different hormonal related depression. And then I went through a really traumatic miscarriage where I almost lost my life, like literally was minutes away from dying. I started hemorrhaging oh my and I was in the emergency area by myself. Like it was a routine appointment that turned into me hemorrhaging, losing the baby and almost dying. And then, you know, you recover from that, you go home, you, you try to heal, you live your life. And then a few years later, that trauma really came back to haunt me in the form of unexpected panic attacks. And so I went through this really heightened season of anxiety and panic that I didn't totally understand was linked to my past trauma right away, yeah. you know? Yeah. So even though I'm a therapist, I'm not immune to mental and emotional health struggles, just like a doctor isn't immune to getting sick. You yes. Know? I loved that reference in the book. I was like, yeah, exactly. Everyone. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. So it, it doesn't make me less of a counselor. It's just like, this is life. Yeah. And so having gone through my own personal hardships and experiences with trauma, anxiety, depression, panic, like I just felt like there wasn't good conversations. There wasn't good resources out there about this. And so I kind of took all of my experience and wrapped it up in a book. I almost feel like for me, what I wanted this book to feel like was a one-on-one -on -one therapy session, kind of helping people unpack one layer at a time of their emotional health, mental health, spiritual health, physical health, all of it. Yeah. And that's honestly what it did for me, Deb. Like I was like so excited to to get your book and I knew about it. And by the way, for everyone listening, we haven't even said the name of the book. Are you really okay is the name of the book. And so I it's so it's so good. And I, but as I was reading it, cuz you know, I get books and I'm like, okay, I'm preparing for this interview, but I didn't realize just how much like I specifically needed your book in this wow. exact time in my life. Uh yeah. And so I think too, to the point of, you know, therapists need their own therapy and doctors still can get sick. The same question comes to for spiritual leaders or pastors or people who run ministries or who work in ministry, they still, even though they're doing a lot of good work, you know, and a lot of life-giving work per se, they still need their own emotional health. And I think that specifically you see a lot of people in ministry that where, un, where emotional health is a bit underrated and it's really more of a focus on the spiritual health and not the emotional health. And what happens is so many people run into burnout, honestly. And so oh, yeah. what, why do you think that is? Why is emotional health underrated in the church? Well, First of all, the people who are pouring out are the people who need it the most. Yeah. Yeah. And sure. I hope when you read the title, are you really okay? I hope you don't see it as this sweet therapist asking, are you really okay? Because that is not me <laughs> yeah. at all. It is more, are you really okay? Like there's some sarcasm. Like really? Like really? really? Like I, I see it on your face. You're holding it back. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Because I think 
In the big C church, especially, we have a tendency to put on that face, that facade, like I'm good. Everything's good. And I want to be good. And I think I'm good. And I think people who read the title, are you really okay? And their answer is, yeah, I'm good. And I don't really need this book. <laughs> I worry about them more. Right. Wow. Because this is a constant evaluation. Being okay is not a once and done experience. It's something that we have to pursue each and every day. Dig deep, ask the hard questions, especially for those of us who are in ministry and pouring out and giving. Like you have to take the time to fill up. You have to take the time to take care of your mental and emotional health because if you don't, like you said, you will burn out. You will run on empty. And eventually that leads to some serious disaster. Like it could be your own personal burnout, but it could also be something like, like we watch leaders fall from the height of ministry because of moral failure. And it's not because they weren't spiritual enough. Yeah. It's yeah. because they weren't emotionally and mentally healthy. So I just think this is so crucial for all of us who consider ourselves to be Christians, because in Christ, there is always the next layer of healing. And once we've stopped, that's when we go backwards, yeah. you know? Wow. And so that's why this is just, I don't know, something that I'm hoping is on all of our radars, especially after 2020, because, you know, 2020 exposed so much of what was already there. So you needed this book in 2019. You just didn't know it, right? you know, Yeah, no, exactly. you needed this message, but, yeah. but now maybe more people are willing to say, you know what? I want to do an inventory. I want to do an audit of how I'm doing because maybe I'm not as healthy as I think I am. Yeah. You know, I love in the book, you reference both a volcano and then also the iceberg. And, and it's so funny that we do this. Like we only revealed to people like what's on the tip of the surface, you know, the tip of the iceberg where, and I, this is something that in the last few years has really irked me where I'm at church and someone's like, how are you? I, I mean, I don't know about you, Deb, but somehow for me lately in the last few years, like small talk and that, how are you? Good. How are you? Good. Right. <laughs> has, has just made me be like, this is so like not real because I can't even, I'm not, I'm fine ish, but I'm not really fine. You know, if I was going to be real with you, I would, it would take a little bit more time. So do I actually want to let you into that right now or not? And so often we just answer with good, I'm fine. Or, or we may get the courage to be like, you know, it's a harder season. I'm going through some things, but we usually cloak the sentence with, but God is good, but I have faith that it will get better. And it's like, we have some need to like Christianese everything that we say and not actually be real with people. Right. And and I think the balance there is, like you said, there's a time and place. The key, though, is not sharing your junk with the world. I think the key is making sure that you have safe places in your life to release the pressure in a healthy way. Yes. You know, like you said, in the book, I talk about human beings are like volcanoes. Mm -hmm. And there is a certain amount of pressure building up underneath the surface. Some of it we identify, some of it we don't even understand is pressure building because good things can cause stress and pressure just as much as bad things. And in the book, I'll point, I point you to a stress inventory to take. And if you look at the stress inventory, it gives you a list of all the possible things that can cause this emotional pressure underneath the surface. And 
half of those things are good things. Yes. So right up there with the stress of divorce, which is one of the highest stressors, is also marriage. Because getting <laughs> married and combining your worlds with somebody is a level of stress. Like seriously. But I think sometimes we disregard the good stuff and we don't assume that it's causing underlying pressure. You know, you just released a book. I just released a book. That's a beautiful thing. But there is a level of stress that goes with even these good things. So when you take all of the good, plus all the stress that's coming from the harder things, I mean, there's a lot of stuff happening underneath the surface. And you don't share that with everybody that you come into contact with, but you definitely have to have safe people and safe ways to express and deal with that pressure that's building underneath the surface. Because if you don't, what ends up happening is it will find the point of least resistance and you will have an emotional explosion. Yeah. Yeah. That could be depression. That could be anxiety, panic attacks. That could be anger issues, relationship conflict, addictions. I mean, it can come out in so many different ways, but the key is staying on top of it and understanding what's happening underneath the surface. Yeah. You know, it's interesting too, as you said that, because I took that inventory test and I found it so enlightening <laughs> to me because it says like over, if you get a score over 300, like you're 80% more likely to have some sort of emotional breakdown, I believe it says. And, yeah. Or physical. Or physical. Yeah. And I did my, I did it girl. And I noticed that my number was like 323 or something like that. So yeah. over the 300 and half of the things that I selected were good things. And what was a light bulb moment for me was I've been feeling a lot of shame under the surface because a lot there's a lot of really good things going on in my life. You know, there's the book, there is so many, and I just move. So there's that exciting thing. There are a lot of really good things with work. There are just a lot of awesome things financially happening, like good things. And Yet a lot of them are still stressors. and But I felt a lot of shame the last few months because I've been feeling a bit off, which we'll get to. But I realized, oh my gosh, like I this this makes so much sense. Like I feel off because there's stressors of many kind. There's also negative stressors, but they're, they've all been impacting me and I have to include all of them. But on the surface, it's hard for me to, it's been hard for me to admit to some people that I'm not doing that well, because if they just look into, peer into my life, it's like, well, you have all these things going for you. Why are you doing bad? You know? Right. And so, right. and I think that sometimes that I'm not, I think that I'm not the only one in that, that sometimes we're afraid to admit we're not really okay, especially when there are a lot of good things happening seemingly around us. Yeah. And I think that's where we make the biggest mistake is we only look for depression and anxiety when there's a lot of hard things in life, you know, and we imagine this like horrible situation where curled up in a ball on the bed, unable to get out of bed. Like that's not the only picture yeah. of yeah. depression and anxiety. I mean, most of the time it comes when life is seemingly good and there's a lot of pressure building underneath the surface because we're doing too much or we're not setting proper boundaries or we're trying to do everything and we can't or dot, 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 dot. Like that type of stress 
ends up changing our chemistry inside our body because it increases our cortisol levels, which is our stress chemical. So your stress chemical can increase whether it's something positive that's causing stress or something negative. It doesn't differentiate. All it knows is I'm stressed. This is causing stress. Mm. This change, this new thing, this new job, this new relationship, this new move, this new career, whatever it is, like all these good things, but they still cause stress, which if we're not careful and there's too much of that, it changes our chemical makeup. It increases our cortisol levels. When our cortisol levels get too high, they hijack the good chemicals, which are the serotonin and dopamine. And then it starts to impact our body. And so there is like this cycle that we can be on the lookout for The problem is not enough people understand what to be on the lookout for. All righty, my friends, here's the deal. I'm in my 30s and I'm yet to be married. As such, it's crossed my mind a time or two about my fertility and how I'm going to start a family in the future. If you're a woman, especially over 30, you've probably thought through this as well. Be honest, okay? But if I'm being that much more honest, I haven't really wanted to go to the doctor about any of it. It's just felt like a chore and also something that feels really foreign to me. But if you are curious, like me, about your fertility and want to stop being anxious about something you truly have no idea about, then I want to share with you about a brand I recently discovered and loved. It's called Modern Fertility. There's so much about fertility that's a complete mystery. That's where the modern fertility hormone test comes in. Think of your fertility hormones as tiny detectives. They can bring you tons of insight into your egg count, reproductive timeline, and even possible outcomes for egg freezing and IVF. Everything you need to know to get proactive about your fertility. That's why Modern Fertility was created. It's the easy and affordable way to test your fertility hormones at home with a simple finger prick. You mail it in with a prepaid label and you'll get your personalized results within 10 days. Traditional testing with your doctor can cost over $1,000, but Modern Fertility, it only costs $159 to get the exact same information. And if you go to modernfertility.com heart, you can get $20 off your test. Also, if you have an HSA or FSA, you can use those dollars on Modern Fertility. You'll get insight into your hormone levels, how many eggs you have, and other important fertility factors. The results go deep into what every hormone means. And you can also talk one-on-one with a fertility nurse to review your results and options for next steps. If you're anything like me when it comes to fertility, my thoughts have been, I'll just wait and see what happens. But that's a bit odd, right? Because there are tools to help us plan and track everything in our lives, such as finances, steps and careers, and school, all the things. So why is fertility left to wait and see? Knowledge is power. And when you know more, you can make better decisions for your body, your health, and your future. There aren't many decisions bigger than having a child, but for many women, their fertility is a big question mark. So if you do want kids today or maybe one day in the future, you need information to make the decision that's best for you. Right now, Modern Fertility is offering our listeners $20 off the test when you go to modernfertility.com slash heart. 
That means your test will only cost $139 instead of the several hundred or even a thousand plus dollars it could cost at a doctor's office. Get $20 off your fertility test when you go to modernfertility.com slash heart. That's modernfertility.com slash heart. For me, recognizing where I'm at in the season is, has been really difficult um, because I've heard a lot of people over the years being like, I struggle a lot with anxiety. I struggle a lot with depression. And I have found myself in previous seasons of my life really struggling with anxiety. But I haven't as much found myself feeling like I'm really in a season of depression or falling into depression. So I, and this new season has been really eye-opening for me. So can you just share um, a little bit about maybe some signs and symptoms that someone may be dealing with depression or with anxiety? Yeah. First, first of all, let's talk a little bit about sometimes these symptoms present as psychosomatic. So what that means is the real physical symptoms, like legit, but they're being caused by underlying emotional stress or distress. Okay. So sometimes we'll have a host of physical symptoms and it seems like maybe there's some underlying illness, but it's actually rooted in underlying stress, anxiety, depression. And let me just quickly run through some of those things like fatigue, headaches, body aches, tingling in your arms and legs, digestive struggles. Some people think they have IBS, but really they have insane anxiety, palpitations, sweating, brain fog, dizziness, swelling, impotence, weight loss or weight gain, shortness of breath, chest pain, insomnia, abdominal pain. So those are just some of the things that manifest as physical symptoms because they're rooted in that change in our body, what's going on underneath the surface. And then when we're looking at anxiety, you're looking for excessive worry, you know, about a variety of topics. So one of the ways you know that it's potentially anxiety is that it's, it doesn't, stay in one area. And then when that area is resolved, it goes away. Mm. It, you tend to feel anxious and worried and kind of obsessively thinking about different topics. So first it's maybe my finances. Now I'm worried about my health. Now I can't stop thinking about that relationship. Now I can't, you know, so it kind of bounces around in different seasons to different things. Yeah. Wow. And you find that it's hard to control the worry. It's occupying your brain. And then it comes with three or more of these symptoms, restlessness, fatigue, difficulty concentrating, irritability. Like irritability is an important one because <laughs> a lot of us have it. Like yeah. we just find ourselves with a shorter fuse. It doesn't mean you're raging, yeah. but you're just irritable. Like yeah. everything kind of gets to you, you know? Oh, gosh. Yep. <laughs> Muscle aches or soreness. Oh, and back to irritability, you really can see that manifest when you're in a relationship. Because when you're by yourself, there's no one to be irritable towards. Yeah, that's so true. You know? Because like you you see people in small increments, like for an hour at a time, maybe two hours, and then you're exactly. back to your own thing. <laughs> yeah. And when you're in a relationship, it starts really reflecting some of these things. And sometimes people think it's the relationship when really it's actually them. So irritability, muscle aches or soreness, difficulty sleeping, um, and then maybe things like sweating or digestive problems or some of the other physical symptoms I listed earlier. And, and for it to be categorized as clinical anxiety, this is kind of a part of your life for six months or more. Oh, wow. 
But it could also lead to panic attacks, which are much more intense versions, like in the moment where you feel like you are, you can't breathe, your heart's pounding out of your chest, you feel dizzy. Panic attacks are more like a, a severe episode of anxiety. Yes. Yeah. And then we'll move on to depression. Yeah. Depression, you only have to have these symptoms for two weeks for them to be considered clinical depression. Wow. Okay. Two weeks. And some people deal with this stuff for months before they actually decide, oh, wait, there's something that's going on so here. so fascinating. <laughs> actually, Two I did. Weeks. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really big eye opener, man. So things like a depressed mood. And I would say doesn't mean you're sitting in the bed crying and sobbing all day yes, long. Yes. That's like the stereotype, right? It's like you're just that's sitting exactly. out in a dark room with tissues. You can't get out of bed. That's not necessarily. That it. is not necessarily depression. That's severe depression. But most depression is mild to moderate. So when we're talking about depression, think of the word depression. Depre- to depress something means to kind of push it down. That's what depression is. It's like this force that's kind of pushing you down to a different place that's not your norm. So, so sometimes it can feel more like apathy. Like I don't really feel much. I'm not that excited about things. I'm not, I'm just kind of apathetic. Sometimes it can feel more like irritability agitation. It doesn't necessarily have to be like this deep depression, but what you want to identify is that your norm is depressed. Your norm is being pushed down to a lower level. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And with that sometimes comes a decreased interest in pleasure or activities that you usually like to do. You know, you're just not as excited about things. It could be changes in your weight. Maybe you gain weight or you lose weight, changes in your appetite. It could be sleep disturbance because you're sleeping too much. You can't get out of bed or you can't sleep at night. You're waking up multiple times. You're getting up earlier than you want to, which then leads to fatigue, which is another symptom. Maybe you got a good night's sleep and you wake up and you're like, I'm so exhausted. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's a sign. Yeah. It can come with feelings of worthlessness or hopelessness, difficulty concentrating, and it can even come with thoughts of, I wish I wasn't alive. It would be easier if I was not here. It doesn't have to be as extreme as a suicide plan. And you don't even have to have suicidal thoughts or or intentions for it to be depression. That's yeah. just kind of an optional thing. For some people, they have that. Other people, they don't. Two weeks or more. Yeah. You, if wow. you checked off three of those that I just mentioned for two weeks, you could potentially be diagnosed with depression. So that's where, you know, being active and saying, okay, I should probably go see a therapist, get in touch with my medical doctor, like start moving toward figuring out what are these symptoms signaling? Because symptoms are a signal. They're trying to get your attention that something is going on underneath the surface so that you can deal with it. And I'm sure for people listening, so obviously, you know, this is a dating podcast. If somebody is recognizing they're struggling with depression and anxiety, how are you, you mentioned irritability is definitely a way that that it definitely comes out when you're dating. What are some other ways this might be not only affecting you individually, but how it can manifest in a relationship? I have worked with so many people, you know, I'm a licensed counselor, so I'm seeing people all the time for sessions about different things. And because the relationship space is really important to me, I do see a lot of people who come in with relationship focus. 
So they're like, I am anxious about this relationship. I feel some, I'm, I'm worried, I'm nervous, I'm anxious. And some people even call it dating anxiety. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But when we get to the root, it's actually clinical anxiety that they've never identified. Yeah. So the problem is not always in the relationship. Many times I see that the problem is in that person standing alone. And no matter who they would be with, the anxiety would manifest. So then it's an issue of backtracking a little bit and realizing like this relationship anxiety is not going to go away because the problem is not in the relationship. The problem is in you. And when we begin to work on you, then you can see more clearly and differentiate what's a relationship issue, what's a personal issue. You know, am I anxious because there are signs and symptoms that this relationship is unhealthy? Or am I anxious because there are signs and symptoms that I need more healing in my life because I'm struggling with my past, trauma, fear of rejection, fear of failure, you know, fear of dot, 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 dot. Like there's so many different things that signify a problem in me. And so that's part of the process and that's how it ends up impacting your relationships because your relationships are a reflection and many times a reflection of your personal health. And so when you're living in a relationship and you're constantly feeling anxious, like that's a sign. Something has got to change. Healing has to happen for you to begin breaking free of that and differentiating if the problem's in the relationship or if the problem's actually in you. Mm. Yeah. I, I've definitely, I, I can so relate to this, Deb, because that's probably my biggest struggle personally in relationships is dealing with anxiety, mainly in relationships and coming into like talking about love attachment theory and things like that. I definitely struggle with more anxious attachment um, in relationships and which I've definitely identified more personally on how to you know, address some of those anxieties along the way. But those things do not come up for me very often in friendships. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I'm not as stressed about if somebody doesn't text me back or if I can trust this person quite as much as I am in a dating intimate relationship. And that's when my anxiety just heightens to the all-time high where I'm like, <gasps> but to your point, it's been a really interesting challenge for me in the last few years to say, okay, what are things that are happening right now that I can just control and heal myself? Because what a great opportunity, because these things are don't present themselves in my singleness that often, but they do in relationships. So great opportunity for me to address them. And yeah, then and it, yeah. it's not as easy as people think either. Right. It's not just like, this, this doesn't happen overnight. Yeah. You know, yeah. this is, has to be an intentional process. Like you've kind of experience. Like this has to be something that you're focused on, intentional about healing. I always say that healthy people make healthy relationships. And that's kind of been the theme behind the scenes of the ministry that I do. You know, Kate, the past three books I've written are all about relationships and yeah. healthy relationships. And of course, in there, you're going to find like what it looks like to be healthy standing alone, because that's part of a healthy relationship. But this is the first book where I literally went back to the beginning mm. and the focus is literally on figuring out how healthy you are standing alone, doing an audit of how healthy you are. Are you really okay in all of these areas? Because these are the things that impact your relationship more than anything. Yeah. So 
and I, I love I it really is true. Like reading this, I'm like the anxiety makes sense, the depression makes sense, at least even for me personally. And depression is a new thing I've started realizing that I'm going through. Now, if you if and when you do realize, or maybe someone listening is like, yeah, these things I can relate with the depression symptoms. I can relate with the anxiety symptoms. And either and maybe they are dating and maybe they're even in a relationship. Or they're worried that that depression and anxiety will come back when they are in a relationship because they know they've struggled with it before. What are some things that somebody can do to move towards help and healing? And is there like while dating and is there some sort of balance of like, you know, when is it that I should take a break and really just focus on myself here because it's just impacting the relationship too much? You know, for each situation, it's going to look a little different, especially with regards to do I take a break? Do I not take a break? I think the key, though, is starting to be intentional about the process of healing. Healing isn't something that happens with time. You know, time doesn't heal all wounds. And that's one thing I say in the book is that we assume that with time, I'm just going to heal. But when you have a, a wound and you just leave it with time, it can actually get infected over time and get worse with time. So, so really being deliberate about deciding I want to start the process of healing. And of course, I think the easiest next step is to link up with a professional counselor right? and start doing some of that internal work. They'll help you. They'll come, they'll come alongside of you and kind of help guide you. I'm hoping that this book is another easy next step for people to kind of begin to guide them and open their eyes to the things that they need to work on and that maybe they never thought about before. So those two things, there's there's plenty of really good books out there. There's plenty of really good podcasts out there. But I, I really think that, you know, the process of therapy is really an important one to give yourself a season of therapy, gift it to yourself, you yes. know, save up the money, ask for finances, for Christmas and birthday and holidays and, you know, to, for people to kind of fund the counseling process for you, because I just think a season of counseling, people always say like, Oh, does everybody need counseling Is counseling? The only option. Well, that's like me asking are doctors the only option? Like, do I actually have to go to get my physicals and checkups and mammograms? Yeah. Well, yeah, you do. If you want to stay on top of this stuff. So I kind of see counseling in that same way, you know, like we are, we are really working out our emotional and mental muscles. And so honestly, I think no matter what stage you're in, if you're wondering, could there be a problem? Could I be struggling? Am I stuck? It's time to kind of take the next step and, and begin to heal. What's the worst case scenario? You go to counseling and you find out you're actually doing okay, you know? Yeah. <laughs> or 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 you go to counseling and you find out you need to do some serious work. Like at the end of the day, you're only moving toward healing. And I think that's a really beautiful, important place for us, especially before you embark on a serious dating relationship. You know, it's so interesting. It, this came as a picture in my mind. Like if I had a gaping wound or if my arm was broken, like no question, I'm going to the ER to get a doctor to look at it, to get it put into a cast, to get that wound healed up, whatever it is. Like that's what we do. Oh, this is an emergency. You are right. very injured. Let's go to the hospital. Let's get you checked out like a physical injury. But we do not 
we rarely treat our emotional injuries, our emotional health with the same kind of urgency, you know, but that emotional health, even though we can't see it as much express on the outside, even though it does express on the outside as you revealed, but like, it's not a gaping wound where somebody's like, oh my gosh, you're bleeding. You know, like it's not like that per se to the eye. And so it doesn't seem maybe as urgent, but it's just as urgent, if not more urgent to, because it creates even more lasting effects. It leaks into so many areas of our life. If we don't actually get that fixed, if we don't get it tended, if we don't go to therapy, if we don't get the resources that we need. And so it's interesting to me that we, we really do drag our feet when it comes to things like therapy or, and I understand the financial things of it. But again, like if you were, if you had your arm broken, and yes, that's going to be a lot to go to the hospital and get all, but like you do it, you know, like you do it because this is like, oh my gosh, my arm is broken. I need a cast. Like I can't just sit around in my house. So you pay and you figure out how to do that. And I'm not suggesting to not be financially wise, but like we need to take this just as seriously, I think. And there's options too. Like yeah. I, when I was getting my master's, I was working under a supervised psychologist. So he was supervising me. And I was seeing patients to get my hours in, my licensing hours. I was seeing patients for 50 cents an hour in private practice. I mean, I kid you not. So there are sliding scale fees. There are insurance co-pays. There are practices that take pro bono clients. There are government-funded counseling. There are church-funded counseling. Like all over LA and Orange County, there are tons of different churches that do you know, they, they have licensed counselors that you can see for free. Like mm-hmm. Saddleback church is one yeah. of the the ones that has that. So all that to say, like, you just have to do a little work to look around. And if finances are an issue, you can find a way. Oh my gosh. I have, I'm just sitting here soaking it all like, Oh my gosh, there's a lot of light bulbs going off here. So as we do with every heart of dating interview, you already know this. We end with the same question, which is just what's your final nugget of dating advice for the heart of dating people today? Because this is a relationship podcast. I want to end with this healthy people make healthy relationships. If you're looking at your relationship history and you're seeing dysfunction, toxicity, apathy, one-sided relationships where you're giving too much and getting nothing in return. Time and time again, you're seeing the cycle of unhealthy relationships in your life. That is a signal that most likely you are the common denominator. And the problem in your relationships is actually a reflection of your personal health. And if you want to change the narrative of your relationships, you've got to stop and get healthy standing alone. You've got to deal with your identity, your beliefs about yourself, your past trauma, the patterns of your family of origin, the things that have been passed down to you that you might not even notice, how you handle your emotions, how you express your emotions, like all of that personal work that you do on yourself, figuring out, am I really okay? What do I need to work on? All of these things will have a huge impact on your relationships. They are not in vain. And even if you don't end up married, like this isn't just marriage relationships. When you become healthy, it impacts all of the relationships around you, your friends, your family members, your coworkers, your peers, like 
healthy people make healthy relationships. So let your relationships kind of reflect to you the level of your personal health standing alone because your relationships are only going to be as healthy as the weakest link in the relationship. And many times that's actually us. Wow. Yeah. This is so eye-opening for me and for, I'm sure, so many people. Um, Deb, if if people want to connect with you for to get your book and to even work with you or what I know you have like a long waiting list for counseling, I'm sure at the moment, but even just getting your book is probably the best precursor before even, you know, getting on that waiting list to work with you. Where do they yeah. find that information? Well, let me give you the main website. It's truelovedates.com. And that's also my Instagram handle, my Facebook handle. Um, and then the book website is areyoureallyokay.com. And you can find the book anywhere you get your books. Um, but I definitely think start there. Just the other day, somebody reached out to me and asked for a one-on-one session. And of course I want to meet with her and I'm, I'm going to get that on the calendar. But before we have that session, I said to her, you've got to read this book first, like go through all 12 chapters, go through all the activities and the journaling checkups at the end of each chapter, because that's going to give you a foundation. That's going to help you understand what you need to work on before we meet one-on-one. So honestly, Kate, I am just praying that the Lord would download a powerful healing, Mm -hmm. you know, reveal what needs to be worked on and just kind of spotlight the areas where we're struggling. So I'm praying for each and every person that reads this book that, that God would truly do a powerful work of healing in each and every one of their lives. Wow. Deb, this is so powerful. You are incredible, my friend. And every time we talk, connect either on a personal level or through this kind of a way through what we do, I'm just, I'm so inspired and I'm so grateful for the work that you do. Deb, thank you so much. Oh my gosh, what an episode. I am so grateful for the work that Deb does, you guys. She is powerful and impactful and just a wonderful relationship expert and counselor. Like she said, get her book, Are You Really Okay? Because I'm telling you, if you are intrigued to work with her, if you wanna get on the list to have her be your counselor, I mean, that's great, you could totally do that, but her book is going to be an epic primer to prepare you and help you right now in this season. And I'm saying that from true experience because her book honestly really helped me in the season that I'm in right now. All right, friends, not only that, I want to make sure that you tune in this coming Friday for our bonus episode that's going to be a live therapy check-in with Deb and myself. I get really raw and really real about what it has looked like for me currently struggling with anxiety and depression. So make sure to not miss it. Also, you heard me say at the beginning of this podcast episode, but if you are now thinking that it is time for you to invest in therapy, I want you to consider to check out Faithful Counseling and get 10% off the first month of your use by going to getfaithful.com forward slash heart of dating. All right, y'all love you. See you soon. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network. 